In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from Eastie Bridgewater, <laughs> is the taffophile, the queen of taffophiles, <laughs> <laughs> the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Anne Carrigan. Is that hey, kind of like the queen, the queen of the Nile? The queen of yes. the Oh, uh, Queen of denial, probably. <laughs> well, we all know that, right? <laughs> no, hey. no, 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 no. Yep, yep, yep. No, so no, that, no, don't, don't fill my glass anymore, please, please. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, no. Well, maybe it's a little more. <laughs> maybe a little. <laughs> One for the road. So we've got a, a really interesting show tonight, and, and it's right up your uh, alley. Yes, we do. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's uh, all about uh, cemeteries. I know. I can't wait to talk to these girls. Mm-hmm. And you'll listen, of course, to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. So this is kind of cool. And, oh, I do, I do have to mention, too, that this weekend I'm going to the island uh, for three mm-hmm. days. Which is awesome. It's a totally deserted island with a lighthouse on it, and you have to cross the entire island because you come in like a landing craft on one side of it, and then mm-hmm. go the whole length of the island. It's it's very cool. Very cool. Great. Wow, but, where I could go. Hope it doesn't it, rain. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It's got a doesn't huge matter. house. It's got a huge house. Excellent. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, Tony from NEPI. Oh, my God, I haven't seen him for years. Hey, Tony. Anyways, I saw him in the chat room. So, anyways, let's bring in our first guest because we do have two guests tonight, and we've got a lot to cover. Yes, and she is, she is a taffophile, too. And in, in all honesty, I never knew what a taffophile is. I always thought it was somebody like Taffy or something until I met you. So. <laughs> So, anyways, our first guest is Wendy, the cemetery girl. So, Wendy, are you there? Hey, I'm right here. Hi, Wendy. Hey, how are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so, so I do was you... really excited to hear, Anne, that you are a taphophile just like me because we are a, a strange breed all of our own, and most people oh, yeah. don't quite know what a taphophile is. So. I know. Oh. I know. I'm all <laughs> over it. <laughs> 
and, and trust me, she has drugged me, drugged me, dragged me, kicking and shoving through oh. the many and many cemeteries. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really protested a lot. Let's go see the cemetery, <laughs> says Ron. When do you want to go see the cemetery? All right, yeah. you got me hooked. What can I say? Yeah, right. right. There you go. Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely addictive. It really it is. is. Mm-hmm. It totally is. Once, once so, you start, so, you just can't stop. So, I mean, Wendy, how did, you, how did you get involved in it? Oh, my goodness. I have been surrounded by gravestones and cemeteries literally my entire life. Mm-hmm. In fact, I grew up in a house that um, had a gravestone under it. Oh, A nice. little unusual. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> when the house was built, some still was brought in from somewhere. And you know how early New England cemeteries, some of them weren't exactly preserved. So, um, some Phil came in and it had a gravestone in it. And growing up, I always kind of like looked at that gravestone and was just in awe. Like, where did it come from and who did it belong to? So, Mm -hmm. one day I finally just crawled under the house and read it. And um, not long after that, I got my first Ouija board and had a little Ah. Ouija board session. And oh my gosh, I've never played with a Ouija board since. That was a whole other story. But um, (laughs) But we have time. We have time. Don't brush that baby off. I'm all, all over that. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll tell you. It was, it was really, really intense. But um, it, was, it was chilling enough. It was a little girl supposedly through the Ouija board that was contacting me. And sure enough, the stone was a child. So mm. was it the same person that belonged to the stone? I have no idea. And I'll never know because in later years, the house burned down and the stone was taken away with the debris. Oh, so it's a, it's an unsolved mystery to this day, but that's kind of what got me started with my fascination of, of gravestones was that one that was under my house. Wow. So, now, was it, when you say it was under your house, so is this kind of tossed in there or was it actually upright? No, it wasn't upright at all. It was probably just like dumped in a big um, like dump truck full of dirt mm-hmm. and it was, it was just there. And it oh, was kind wow. of unfortunate, and I always kind of felt bad about that. Like, I have no idea where it came from or, oh. you know, anything about it, which is really tragic. But, you know, and I don't know where it is today. It's gone again. So mm-hmm. it's a traveling gravestone. Right. Oh, that's really, that is a, that's a sad story, but, you know, it sparks your interest. Oh, why is it sad? It's sad because this child's stone was removed from wherever it was supposed to be. Yeah. It just tossed aside. That's why it's sad. Well, we don't know right. the, the backstory behind it. I mean, this woman, this child could have risen from the dead and, uh, you know, didn't need the stone anymore. So there you go. Then again, maybe not. No. <laughs> it's really not uncommon either to find gravestones in really strange places. Right. Because if you go to Salem, Massachusetts, for instance, they've repurposed gravestones for the darndest things. Mm-hmm. They have they found gravestones um, in the gutters. They have found gravestones over the tops of chimneys. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you get really creative and you start looking, you know, those early New England colonials, they just kind of reused that stone for all kinds of things. Oh, and, my God. Um, I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But, and actually, I just recently went to Boston, and um, I was at Cotts Hill Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And there was a gravestone in that cemetery, which was an actual recycled gravestone. Really? Which is the most unusual thing. If you go to the back of the stone and you look at it, 
it was clear as day, it was carved out for somebody else, it had all the information on it, but it was upside down and it was like cut in half. Oh, uh, wow. Isn't that bizarre? That's not not uncommon. They do repurpose uh, gravestones, yeah. and, and I know that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes, it, 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 you'd be surprised um, where you can have a gravestone when somebody will not use it, in fact, right. or it won't be paid for or whatever, and they'll oh, yeah. repurpose it. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. a business. It was, yeah. it was a business, yeah. and Slate was, you know, big business. Yeah, and, and, you know, slates are always my favorite stones. Whenever I see slates, I'm definitely um, a colonial enthusiast. I like to see really? old primitive stones. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I do, too. Slate is my, my absolute favorite stone. It was it was hard. It held up to the elements in New England. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, and the funny thing was, slate was the poor man's stone, which was kind of interesting because when they started to quarry out the beautiful white marble from um, Vermont, Mm-hmm. It cost so much more than the slate did because it was it was white. It glowed. It was beautiful. Everybody mm-hmm. had to have this white stone. Mm-hmm. But if you go into the cemeteries today and you look at some of those stones from the 1800s, you can't even read some nope. of them. Nope. Totally deteriorated. They're so much older and they're pristine. I mean, they're right. perfect. But it was Absolutely. a poor man's stone. But yeah. you know what? What Anne actually taught, showed me, and and it really turns me on uh, in the cemetery is the Ooh. zinc ones. Uh, I think the zinc ones are awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, aren't they amazing? That they're well, they're, I mean, they last forever. You know, they're just they probably right. look the same today as they did when they put them up. So, like me, the only <laughs> right, the only. <laughs> oh my goodness! Just like now, I need to see a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Oh goodness! But yeah, I love I love the zinc ones. They're really great. And um, the only the only drawback that I found so far to any of the zinc stones are the the very very large ones. Mm-hmm. They kind of buckle a slight bit under their own weight. They right. Get, um, what they call metal like stress fractures down in the mm-hmm. base. Right. But yeah, other than indeed. that, I mean, they they hold up beautifully. And sometimes you have like the plates. The, the the plates that, you know, were kind of personalized for that person, you know, sometimes yeah. either someone will take one or it'll, you know, it'll tumble in, you know, to the yeah. inside, so then it's exposed, you know, um, because well, they're you know, hollow. There's a, there's a really cool story, too, behind the fact that those are hollow stones and that they do have plates on them that are removable. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody once shared with me that because you can customize those through those plates and those plates did go on and off, that during prohibition, <laughs> all you have to do is take a little screwdriver and remove that plate, mm-hmm. and you can fill that stone right full of your bootleg alcohol. <laughs> well, I've heard that. They go to the cemetery and look for, you know, <laughs> that kind of contraband. <laughs> I have heard that. I have heard that tale before. That's funny. Yeah. I just, I mean, imagine. Uh, that's creepy. Really creepy. But um, <laughs> Now, Wendy, where in Maine uh, do you come from? What's home? Or, I am, or, like, right up in, in central Maine, up mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah, just outside Bangor, which is, it means Stephen King is, like, one of my neighbors. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your, cool. favorite, what's your favorite cemetery up there? Um, up in the Bangor area, it's got to be Mount Hope. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Mount Hope is, is just beautiful. It's a very special cemetery. It was designed by an architect. And um, it's actually only the second garden cemetery in the country, right behind uh, Mount Auburn in Cambridge, Massachusetts. 
<laughs> really? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. What, what about Lowell Cemetery? Which what, one, Lowell? Yes. Well, I don't know when Lowell became a garden cemetery, but Mount Auburn was the first, I believe, in 1831, and Mount Hope in 1836. Where's my book? <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I want to say... That Lowell was 1834, but I could be wrong. But um, I, I have heard of Mount Hope, and it's yes. entirely possible. Yep. And it is. But I know Lowell, but Lowell, Lowell would be nipping at its heels did in you, any event. Did you give me my book back? I gave you your book back. Yes, I did. <laughs> I can't find it. Are you guys, like, married or something? No, 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 because he'd be dead. I would have killed him long ago. Excuse me? Mind blowing. 
It's, it's I so love old. King's Chapel. Oh. Isn't it amazing? Oh, yep. my gosh. And I tell you, whenever I go to a cemetery, it's very amusing because I create a scene. Because I just get so <laughs> taken with stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Look at this. And I get right down. And I'll, like, roll around on the ground. And people are just like, what is wrong with this girl? So, I mean, I have so much fun. But, uh, I do the same thing. Yep. I, you can't help it. It's just, it is a museum. It's an art gallery. And, I mean, you have to appreciate the stuff. you got to get down and look at it closely. And, and what, what but, I um, can't stand about King's Chapel is that you're not yeah. supposed to go in and walk around the base. Oh, my zone. gosh. Let me tell you what. I'll tell you. I was just like, all right, anyone looking? Anyone looking? Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I'm going in. I know. That was just awful. So I'll tell you how you get around that. Mm-hmm. You make friends with one of the official park rangers, uh-huh. and you get chatting with them, and then they have to show you some things. And since you're with a park ranger, you get to go over anyway. Ah, so that's there you go. what I did, and uh, yeah, and I got nice. some really cool pointers. Like, um, for instance, over in the granary, he mm-hmm. showed me where Paul Revere's first wife is hidden. <laughs> 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 okay. Who gave him eight children? Eight <gasps> children. Can you imagine that? Wow. So, uh, yeah, she's not anywhere near where he is buried. So that was kind of cool. And I would have, I would have not found that. Mm-hmm. And um, unless the world out, I guess. Oh my you gosh! Are out, yeah. Eight children? Seriously? <laughs> I had sixteen kids. I mean, oh my gosh! No wonder he's dead. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> good grief! But he did send me down to um, a lesser-known cemetery down in mm-hmm. Boston the Central Burying Ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's nice. He said there's some British down in there, which I, I'm not sure where they are. They're not, I guess they're not marked. I didn't really find the British. Mm-hmm. But as I was kind of walking through that cemetery, I found one stone mm-hmm. that I never, I mean, as many stones as I've looked at and as many states as I've gone to, I just, I saw the stone and I was just like blown away. Never seen a stone like it. And um, I think I know which one it is, but go ahead. Oh, my gosh. It had the tree, the tree that had broken. Yes. Butterfly coming out of the chrysalis. Mm-hmm. Little thing that, unbelievable. I had a little table, the urn for the mortal remains, and the book with two chapters and verses from the Bible. Mm-hmm. So the key, the key was to go home and look up the Bible quote. Because whoever commissioned the stone completely mimicked the two Bible quotes in the pictures that you're looking at. Ooh. And it was the most unusual and just stunning stone I've ever seen. Just the shape of the stone, the shape of the tympanum at the top. I mean, it mm-hmm. just draws you over because it's not like any of the other stones there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was just amazing. It really, really was. And butterfly. It had a butterfly, 1798, and it had a butterfly on it. That's it was just an amazing stone. Completely unusual. I mean, it is. for that, it really it is. Is. For that time period... No, you don't see that. You know, you see not death that pets. kind of detail. Uh uh-uh. uh. And I, I did the same thing. That's a stone, and it stops you in your tracks. It yeah, literally it does. definitely does. If yep. you don't see anything else, you notice the shape of it, and the shape of it draws you over, and then you realize what you're looking at, and and that's what they call iconology, where you look at the pictures, and the pictures tell you something about that person, because. Mm-hmm. The flora, the fauna, whatever is used on that stone, it says something. And I always tell people, no matter what you're looking at, whether it be a shape, a symbol, something in Latin, it's it's significant. Every single thing about the artwork in the cemetery is significant. You just don't know what it 
it's significant for. But, you know, mm-hmm. once you can decode that, it's, it's kind of like being an archaeologist in a way because you, it's like reading Egyptian hieroglyphs. You just have mm-hmm. to learn the language. So True. once you do, it, it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's, you, you have to follow. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I can't even describe it. It's, it's true. A, you know, and I think yeah, that's I mean, part of you can the whole. Halfway, halfway across the cemetery, and I can look at a stone, and I can say, oh, that's a child. And people, how do you know that? And I said, well, put the symbol on it. And, you know, you go over, it's like, it's a rosebud. Well, how did you know that? I said, because it's a rosebud. It hasn't had time to open and bloom. That, therefore, it's a child. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> And part part of the reason that I think people like you and I have this addiction, and it is an addiction, mm-hmm. um, is that reason because you're always looking for that stone that you haven't seen before. What yes. am I going to find this time? What's going to yes. be in the cemetery? The and then when you find down. it, you're like, oh! <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't even take a large grand cemetery. Sometimes it's the little teeny tiny backwoods ones where you find something completely unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I tell people that all the time. They're like, could you take me to the cemetery? And, oh, my gosh, I don't know which one to go to. I don't know what one's good enough. And I'm like, trust me, any cemetery is good enough. You never know what you're going to find. Yep. I mean, I was just, I just did all these little cemeteries. I was out in, um, we camp out. Um, in Central Mass, and I was out, and I did five cemeteries in Barrie. They were all small cemeteries. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even in those little, the little teeny roadside cemeteries, and I always find something that's like, oh, my God, look at that. So, yeah, yeah you can be anywhere. Yep. And something I really particularly love to find, and it's rare, is when you find what they call the formula of death actually <laughs> written on the stone. Yeah. And that's like when you find something that says um, the person was um, kicked by a horse or something like that. And they tell right. you, like, was lost on a steamship. And they tell you the ship and you get so much, like, history or, or personal information. was run over by a carriage. You know, I love it when I find that kind of stuff. It's so personal. I just, and that's, that's what I just actually, when we play this week's cemetery tripping, you're going to hear about a stone like that. And when you, it's funny you say he died on a steamship because the guy that's featured in the cemetery tripping died on the steamship Lexington. I don't know if you're on my oh, page wow. or not. Maybe you saw that. <laughs> but um, I checked that out. Yeah. And it was written on the stone, and they had a, yeah. a carving of the steamship on fire on the uh, on the stone. Wow! Or, it actually showed the ship on fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it was really, really crazy. So, and that was a little roadside cemetery in Barrie. Believe believe it or not, we're almost out of time. Oh my uh, God, for Wendy. So, uh, (laughs) Wendy, if 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 somebody wanted to find you, Wendy, and and, uh, do you accept friends, or uh, what's the best way to get in touch with? What's the best way to get in touch with? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. On Facebook, I'm Wendy W I N D Y, just like the weather. Wendy Mm -hmm. Cemetery Girl. Mm-hmm. And I also um, I have a page that you can um, join up and share photos from all all around the world. Actually, we have quite a number of members that are international, even, and that is Past File Corner. So, okay. so if you're a cemetery enthusiast and you have mm-hmm. some great shots that you like to share, Past File Corner. 
<laughs> and um, I'm also Taff Corner on Twitter. So you can follow me on Twitter. There you go. Awesome. And of course has uh, her page, which is Cemetery Tripping. Right. Because I, I know I know that I've been on your Facebook page, Wendy. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Taffophile Corner for sure. So, and I think yeah. you're on mine. <laughs> We're, all right. friends. We're all friends here. Yeah, it is. And, and of course, I have my wait a minute, I have my oh, page. Grave Ron intentions. Don't too. forget. Grave intentions. <laughs> grave intentions. He has That's weird right. stones. He has weird things there. I do. It's because yeah. I'm weird. We're <laughs> <laughs> so good. And anything you want to uh, finish up on, Wendy? Because we're just about out of time for you, young lady. Well, I like you a whole lot because you called me young lady. Yeah, <laughs> you are. <laughs> the season to get out there, you know. I mean, winter is coming and fall is just spectacular out there in the cemetery. Uh -huh. So pack a picnic lunch and get out there, walk, enjoy the fresh air, see the cemetery. It's a great uh -huh. place to be. And so, I'm going to have so to come up to Maine and visit my That's right. So if Ann and, 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 <laughs> and I want to go up cemetery tripping with you, will you be our guide? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Any great, any great excuse to go out into a cemetery. There's some uh -huh. really, really beautiful ones here in Maine. In fact, Rockland. Oh, my goodness. I, I have a wish list. It's, uh -huh. it's just fabulous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you go wrong. <laughs> awesome. Bro trip. There you yes. go. Bro trip, Ron. I feel it coming on. Fall. It's a good time. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Wendy, we've been talking with Wendy Cemetery Girl. You can catch her on Facebook or her other page, which is Taffafile. Taffafile Corner. Corner. Taffafile Corner. Taffafile Corner. Right. Say that three times fast. <laughs> <I can. laughs> so, Wendy, you want to thank you so much for coming on, and it, you know, really enjoyed speaking with you. I mean, it, it just blew right by that half hour. We'll have to have you back, well, I guess. Well, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks so much. And uh, I know, because could, we could probably talk about it all night. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you back well, thanks again. for having me on, you guys. You were great. Yeah, oh, thank you. And uh, you have a good night and happy hunting. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Yeah, right. Thank you. Okay, uh, oh, that was pretty yeah. cool, and we're not even going to be able to get a Beyond Bazaar in here right now, so we're just going to have to hold uh -oh. on. But uh, you... Uh, it's certainly uh, the newsletter will be coming out, and Ann's new uh, cemetery tripping will be in it as well. And if you haven't got your newsletter, sign up at inegosproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and uh, sign up for the free newsletter, which has all kinds of cool stuff in it. And uh, Ann's uh, cemetery thing is on there as well. Yes, it is. Yeah. Actually made it in this month. <laughs> I know it. How about that? <laughs> Ron didn't have to cover for me for a change, so. Uh, it's only been the last two months, don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had extenuating circumstances. I'm sure she did. So, anyways, we'll be <laughs> right back after the following messages. You listen to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation on TojiNet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Beyond. Welcome to TojiNet, radio with a cutting edge. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. 
founded by Salem witches Sean Poirier and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests who step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and the Festival of the Dead commercial. Oh, my God, I've missed it so much. Really? <laughs> How can and you... this year, this year, the little uh, blonde bombshell herself will be at the Festival Woo-hoo! of the Dead and Spectral Evidence. Oh, can't wait. You say, you say that now. Yeah. <laughs> I know when I'm there, I'm going to be going, why did I stay home? Because <laughs> Ron's driving me crazy. No, I'm looking forward to it. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, while we get our next guest on the line, why don't we slide that uh, cemetery tripping in so we uh, don't miss it? Okay. Okay. Can we play that? Maybe. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I share my discoveries of interesting resting places, unusual stones, and monuments. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Today I'd like to tell you about an interesting monument which I discovered while doing some exploring of local cemeteries in the small town of Barrie, Massachusetts. Barrie is a colonial-era town in Central Mass, with scores of wonderful, small, historic roadside cemeteries. This monument is located in the Lee Cemetery, which is on Wawinet Road, and was erected for the Lee family. The primary names on the monument are that of General Samuel Lee, David Lee, and Charles Lee. The first inscription that I read was that of Charles Lee, who was born in Barrie in 1796, and according to his epitaph, at the age of 13, perished on board the steamer Lexington which was burned on the evening of January 13, 1840, on her passage from New York to Stonington. An image of the steamship is carved into the monument, and although starting to erode is mostly visible. There were only four survivors of this tragedy, and the disaster was depicted by Currier and Ives in its first major selling print. The second name on the stone is that of General Samuel Lee, and has a very lengthy epitaph due to his important stature and heroic service during the Revolutionary War. It is very difficult to read. However, the highlights of General Lee's service took place between the ages of 13 and 16, which I found quite remarkable. Part of the inscription reads, It was determined to raise a flying regiment, as it was called, of infantry. To effect this, a selection was made from the New England troops of the most athletic and hardy persons, who should be best capable of performing and sustaining active and arduous duties. Young Lee came with the description. The regiment was placed under the command of Colonel Alexander Scammell, a bold and tried soldier from the New Hampshire line. This body was then marched down to the American lines in New Jersey and placed upon active duty. It was its province to detect and suppress the depredations of the British and the Tories, and as their incursions were mostly in the night, the duty was arduous and fatiguing. 
Scammell's regiment became a terror in name and deed. General Lee also participated in a southern campaign, which resulted in the capture of Cornwallis at Yorktown. He retired from his illustrious military career at the ripe old age of 16, and became a teacher and surveyor of land, and held many positions in local and state government, eventually rising to the position of senator. The last name on the monument is that of General Lee's son, David Lee, who, like his father, was a well-respected farmer who served in local government throughout his lifetime. He was apparently the last of the Lee family line in Barry. In the course of researching the Lee family, I did find that the original monument held carved images of both Samuel and David. However, due to the exposure to the elements, both have either disintegrated or perhaps been removed to save them from this fate. It is a very grand monument to see erected in a small family cemetery where most of the stones are plain and nondescript. Comprised of blue Italian marble with Doric columns supporting a 14 high foot portico, it is something that would more likely be seen in a cemetery in the city rather than the countryside. I am always surprised by my finds in these country cemeteries, which is one of the reasons I will continue my cemetery trip. And everything. The music was so great. I'm so happy. Well, <laughs> you're happy, then of course I am happy. Beyond that's right. Static, I guess. Smile and the world smiles yeah. with you, right? Yeah, there you go, right? There you Something go. like that. <laughs> so, anyways, let's bring on our next victim. I mean, our next uh, cemetery uh, tatterfile uh, person. <laughs> uh, she's this. Wait a minute. This isn't one of the girls from the cemetery centerfolds, is it? No. Oh, okay. We're not having those girls on this show. You sure? I'm sure. I'm All so right. sure. All right. So who do we have on the show, Ann? <laughs> Next, we would like to introduce Brenda from the Gravestone Girls. Oh, I was so close. No, you weren't. Hi, Brenda. Are you there? I'm here. No, Hi. Ron, you weren't close. Not close at all. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> He keeps trying to talk to me about those girls, and I'm like, I know. Well, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm looking them up right now. I want to see what this is all about. <laughs> Cemetery centerfolds. Yeah, I'm sure he just knows got them. Uh, I just got them 300 new looks, new likes on their site. Yeah. Now, now every everybody who's listening to this show is now looking at them. There Thanks you go. <laughs> I'm sure Brenda really appreciates you distracting I mean, I, I everybody. Can, I can po post you a picture on here if you want, Anne. Oh, I'll kill you. I swear to God. Anyways, yeah, welcome, anyways. Brenda. <laughs> so joining us now is uh, Brenda Sullivan from the Cemetery Girls or something, right? <laughs> right? Stone Girls. You what had a it? Cemetery Girl from Maine, and now you've got a great Stone Girl from Massachusetts. Right. There you go. There you go. So, so you um also a uh, a taphophile, and so how did you get involved in uh, this morbid uh, pastime? <laughs> Not morbid pastime, uh, educational historic pastime. Yeah, That's whatever. right. Thank you. I grew up in Massachusetts, and you really can't live anywhere around the New England area without having all these wonderful places on your main streets and in on the back roads and side yards. In, in just about every town in the New England area. 
Mm-hmm. So my my mother and grandmother taught me to rub gravestones at a very early age in the family cemetery as a method of keeping me out of their hair while <laughs> while they were planting the flowers and taking care of the family lot. So <laughs> it was never a place. It was always a, a something, some place to go and do fun things and learn new things. Right. And really, I tell people now, it's it's the ability to go into today in the 21st century to to step off the main road and meet somebody from two, three, almost 400 years ago and learn something about an individual, a family, society at the time. I was listening to you guys talk when Wendy was on, and you are absolutely right. There is not one, there's not one place that any better than another. It's the next one is always some kind of adventure, no matter how big or how small. Correct. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what fuels my fire, you know, to, you know, oh, I'm going to go. I, I have to stop and look in this cemetery. And, uh, oh, it's a nice day. I just have to, I'm just going to go down here and look here. <laughs> and right. my husband rolls his eyes. <laughs> yeah, no, sometimes you have to do these things alone because the other halves aren't as interested. But it's, oh, no. people like to travel with me because that's exactly what happens. Look, there's one. Let's stop. <laughs> Why were you late for dinner? Why were you late for this appointment? Oh, well, there's a cemetery on the way. I just couldn't drive by I it. Yeah, I, I actually have a, a, a fetish, I guess you would say, because every time I go by a cemetery, I wave to the people there. So, <laughs> All my fans, all my fans. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's Brenda, Brenda can you tell... Um, I'd like you to tell our audience about what the Gravestone Girls do because I love it and I've heard you speak. I've seen their photos. And, um, Ron. And, you know, if it, so tell the, tell the people about yourself, Brenda. (laughs) Sure. Um, the Gravestone Girls started as a hobby a long time ago and is now my prime time, primary vocation. Uh, we are cemetery educators. I give public presentations about cemetery art and history and symbolism. So I work with libraries, historical societies, genealogy groups, schools, museums, anybody that does any kind of public programming. Um, we teach gravestone rubbing classes and lead cemetery tours. And we really? Also... Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back to gravestone rubbing classes. Uh, I thought that was illegal. There's no in Massachusetts. There's no sweeping law on the books that says gravestone rubbing is illegal. Um, each whoever oversees each burial ground makes the rules for what you can and cannot do. Gravestone rubbing is very misunderstood. Uh, there's a lot of misconception about it. If it's executed properly, and that's really the emphasis, is that it must be executed properly. Uh, it it serves to create a document of something of that gravestone as it looks at this moment of time, and it may, because that stone may change later, whether it grows biological, you know, has lichen or becomes unreadable. Um, if something happens to it in its natural habitat, you know, a uh, tree limb falling on it, vandalism, anything can happen to those things after being out there. You know, they've been here all this time, mm-hmm. and they look different than they did them when they were first put up. So doing gravestone rubbing is sort of like taking a photograph, just a different process. And a properly executed process is a completely inert form 
of making that documentation. But it has to be done properly. I have plenty of plenty of people tell me the things that they think that they should use to do a gravestone rubbing or clean a gravestone. And it, it's really most a lot of it is just common sense, a good eye, uh, and a little bit of, of proper education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say I just I've been working a lot in New Hampshire lately, and New Hampshire does have a book a law on the books for their municipal cemeteries that does say statewide gravestone rubbing is prohibited um, without express permission of the town council. So it's a very long process. You can't just show up and, and start doing this work. It's a long okay. process permission. But it, it's really down to asking, finding who, own, who oversees that burial ground, who takes care of it, and finding them and saying, look, this is what I want to do, and this is, this is the way I'm going to do it, and I'm responsible, and, um, you know, and we've had to provide references and that kind of stuff. But uh, Well, that's interesting because I did always think that that was a law in Massachusetts. So. That's what I heard, too, as yeah. well. That's yeah, a lot of people do. And it's funny, it, it, everybody did gravestone rubbing in, in the 1970s, you know, right. and before, um, when that's, that's the era that I was taught to do it by my family in the family cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been, it's gone 180 degrees the other way right. within the last 20 years or so, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, um, because of the focus and efforts that's put on preservation in general, not just cemeteries, but historic, the attitudes that have changed about historic preservation over time. Right. And it's still okay to do if you do it if you do it properly. And yeah. the method we were taught was taught to us by a woman that was the cemetery commissioner and town historian of a, a town in Rhode Island. And it it gets passed on that way. You educate people the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, you have people out there doing something that's fun, entertaining, um, serves as, as a preservation document, and is is done without the threat of any damage. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm glad you teach that. So if, if you think gravestone rubbing freaks people out, imagine what they do when I tell them that I make gravestone casting. <laughs> I so love that. Thing, that's the third thing that the gravestone girls do. We actually make replicas of existing gravestones directly from the faces of the original gravestones. This we don't teach. This we do not divulge our techniques. I actually haven't. <laughs> A restoration and art history education, so that's uh, oh, cool. scary, cool. but still something that can be done. <laughs> I love that, that you go out and do that, um, and actually, Ron gave me kind of a nice little little death's head kind of cast um, the other month, which I love, by the way. Hey, um, <laughs> uh, Ron. Mm-hmm. We love Ron. Good, good job. <laughs> hey, he knows how to give a girl a good gift. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Yep, nothing uh, like a gravestone. That's right. So but, I actually wanted to ask you, I mean, you, you, you've done most of Massachusetts, I assume, uh, Brenda. Uh, I've been in a good portion of the cemeteries in Massachusetts. Yep, absolutely. Have you been to Spider Gates? I live in Worcester. Spider Gates is... <laughs> Minutes here. Um, Spider Gate is 
uh, has got its reputation for being a haunted establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, I'm not the only one that's concerned about the preservation at Sp- at Spidergate mm-hmm. um, because of its r- remote location. Yes, it is. And uh, you know the town it's it's still actually an active burial ground. It's owned and operated by the Quakers. Mm-hmm. Um, our Quaker group here they've got their meeting house up on Pleasant Street and. Uh, because of its remote location, because of its reputation that brings a lot of curiosity seekers in, there are actually cameras out there that are posted to the to the um, police department. That's how they keep an eye on their trespassing out there. So be careful when you go out there. Right. And actually, I mean, the gate is lovely. It's a lovely little cemetery in the middle of the woods, but completely and 100% the most uninteresting stones they just have names on them. That's it. Yeah, and they all Quakers. Look, and they all look alike, right, because the yep, Quakers, they're Quakers didn't do that. They had no interest in right? having any personalization. Once you were gone, you were gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, was enough to put up a memorial, and that was it. And at right. the time that cemetery was established, that was not the middle of nowhere. The roads right. changed over time. The airport is in there, you know, came in there later on. Um their meeting house was there. It was a, it was a much more central location than right. it is now. And I don't know for sure, but being that all of those stones are of 19th century era for for early colonials, um, there must have been there must have been some um, restoration, right. you know, a, a weeping redo of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that it, was my it, thought as well because I actually took somebody there, and they're like, "Well." All the stones are new, and I said, well, Quakers, actually, didn't Quakers originally not believe in erecting a stone? And that was my thought, you know, on why they're all new. They don't have any use to the body in the next world. Right. So there's there's an afterlife, but there's no need for the body. Mm -hmm. I don't have much use for my body in this world. (laughs) Neither does anyone else, Ron. I noticed. But, yeah, that is, I mean, it's a lovely cemetery, but, um, you know, there's a lot more interesting places to go. <laughs> Not a lot to see. Not a lot to see. Well, it all depends what you're looking for, I think. I mean, you guys are really looking for the stones, but someone who's into the the uh, history and the legends, and that's certainly an interesting place to go. Absolutely. Right. You know about the gates, right? Yeah. I mean, they're called spider gates because of the gates themselves, but the gates are really not spider webs. Mm-hmm. The gates are really suns. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the rays coming off the center of the sun. Right. Mm-hmm. My good friend, uh, my good friend Jeff, Jeff Belanger wrote about that cemetery in his book uh, Weird Massachusetts, and he actually met with the Quakers and got permission to go through there and everything else. And a, a lot of the legends that associated with are based on. Uh, fact, actually, so it, it's kind of a neat, neat way to see how uh, legend tripping uh, in the cemetery. It's, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so Wendy, I mean, of all Whoops. the cemeteries, you, well, I'm sorry, wrong Brenda. one, Brenda. Of all <laughs> the ones that uh, I'm still thinking about, Wendy, you know, is their voice, you know. <laughs> Anyways, um, of all the cemeteries that you have visited, which stone do you find is the holy grail for you or the most unique uh, that really got your dandruff up and said, wow, this is really cool? <laughs> holy cow, it's like being asked to pick your favorite child. Right. 
I can. Because <laughs> you have one. There you go. <laughs> oh, well, then that makes it easy for you. I got a lot to pick from. <laughs> the answer I mean, to what? that is usually the next one I see because you never know what you're going to find. I will say that I've got a little project that I have to do. Um, I did a, I did an art show with my gravestone castings in Sandwich this past weekend, mm-hmm. and somebody told me and I'm going to be working with the library down there to give a program about Sandwich's cemeteries. And um, really, somebody I spoke with that day said, "Oh, you need to make sure that you you look for this particular stone in the old colonial burial ground because it's dated." It's something ridiculous, like 1636 or 1639 or, or something mm-hmm. like that. And if that's actually there, if it's actually original, right. it is the oldest recorded, still it's extant, still existing gravestone in New that's England. A New England, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because the oldest one is actually in Boston, in the um, mm-hmm, in the museum. Can't think of the name. Name is escaping me. Museum of Fine Arts. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's several that still exist, known, known to date to 1644, 43 or 44. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something to 1636, I would be that. That would be a damn good holy grail. Yep. Want to see that? <laughs> Probably um, not going with to. all the work that's been done in sandwiches in on the Cape in general. There's there's one gentleman that has spent a tremendous amount of time and effort um, documenting the cemeteries and gravestones on the Cape. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be surprised if that hadn't been found previously, and I just haven't done had an opportunity to do any reading yet. But that mm-hmm. might be an example of lore that passes on. Right. I think you I know, did that funeral. It not be factual. Stories travel pretty quick, and, and they last a long time. Right. That's going to be something that if I if I get there and I find it, mm-hmm. that, will be, that will be cause for a cartwheel in the cemetery. There you go. <laughs> I think it's more urban legend. You would think. Yeah. You would think it would be very highly publicized. Right. You know what? But every little cemetery has its own little little hidden cigarettes that we don't know about until we investigate it. Right. Absolutely. I've been going to some of the same cemeteries for a very long time, and I see something new or different Mm -hmm. many, many times on many visits. Right. You, have, you know, there's so much to see, or right. you're going in with a particular focus. And you don't, and, don't know yeah. what you're going to see. So. And, and, and for instance, always- yeah, for instance, for this story, and I had to ask Brenda about this. There's a particular cemetery out in um, it's Spencer, I think it is. Um, yeah, it's Spencer, and Brenda found this stone in the cemetery. It's an itty bitty stone, and it's a reclining cemetery. I mean, reclining skeleton. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was a he was a good Holy Grail too. You'll oh find man, they'll all be my favorites though. Right, and so I had been to this cemetery twice, okay. And they put, she posts the stone, and I'm like, I never saw that stone. I've been to that cemetery twice. So she told me where it was. I went back again, couldn't find it. Went back again with my husband. <laughs> Dragged him along. Oh my God. I finally found it and literally threw myself on the ground to take a picture of it. I'm like, well, it's so small. No wonder I didn't find it. But still, I mean, that's a for instance, you know, I've been how many times I've been to that cemetery and I still didn't see it. So Yeah, always something new to see. Right. 
Right. It's just amazing. I, I, I was thinking of things to talk about, you know, to, I knew I was going to be asked the question, what's your favorite gravestone or what's your favorite cemetery? <laughs> and it's everything from there are, there are, there's a local grave, there's a gravestone in, in Grafton for a grandmother that says that she was the mother of nine and the grandmother of 53 and the great grandmother <laughs> of 216. <laughs> um, there's another one that seems Terry that says he fell from the wag- well, from his wagon and bumped his head and died about 30 minutes later. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a series of murder stones that have been documented across Massachusetts. There's a great stone in um, uh, just north of Belchertown, the next town over, name escapes me. Uh, story about on the gravestone, story about a guy being poisoned by oysters said to him by his wife. Oh right, okay. yeah. There's just nothing but good stuff out there to be found, and everyone is an adventure. Oh, it is. We have a question from our chat room, Brenda. Have you ever had any paranormal experiences in any cemeteries? I get asked that question quite a bit, too. I bet. (laughs) And I always feel like I'm letting people down when I say (laughs) that uh, while I have seen plenty of human activity that... I might not have wanted to see, or perhaps <laughs> in a yeah. of question. <laughs> um, I guess you've seen Anna in the cemetery. Uh, uh, uh. I have yet to see uh, anything preternatural, and I'm looking. You know, I'm, I'm like Fox Mulder. I want to believe, but <laughs> are you taking just... are you taking pictures? I mean, you taking lots of pictures when you go. I take thousands of pictures. Yes. Absolutely. And and of all the pictures, have you ever saw something that you just kind of like, oh, this must be bad lighting or something, or this might be something that you just kind of like, uh, whatever, this this is not a good picture of a stone, so therefore I'm going to ignore it. Wow, right on tune. <laughs> Pizza from the dead. Pizza from the dead. Yeah. Well, calling it the great beyond. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's the pizza. It means we're just about out of time. So you, you got to answer my question. Have you discarded those those odd photographs because they didn't have a nice, clear picture of a cemetery stone on it? Have I discarded them? Most likely. Yes, yeah, most likely. I can explain that I did something wrong in my in my shooting. It's my big fat finger of in is. front. Right, that's what it is. It's always your and fault, right? Me shaking the camera because I'm so excited about getting a picture uh-huh, of this thing. Uh-huh. Because standing on my head trying to get a good shot. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So, so Brenda, we're just about out of time. Where can people uh, see some of your work, and how can they, you know, see you in action uh, at some of these uh, lectures you're giving and in classes? Sure. Um, where we've got our our own web page. GravestoneGirls.com, and you can shop from our catalog of gravestone castings there. And we also have a Facebook page that we update on a very regular basis with pictures from our activities and cool things that we find out in the field. And both of those pages have our calendar of events that says where we are and what we're going to be doing. I'm out and about teaching and touring year-round, so there's always something fun and interesting going on. Okay. She Brenda, is we wonderful. want to thank you so much. If, if she comes to your area, go see her. There you go. You will really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, Brenda, and, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Yeah, my pleasure. And next time you get lost in Spencer, call me. I will. <laughs> there you go. I will. Thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda. Bye-bye. 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 She is I hear great. the cemetery girls got a calendar, too. Yes. Oh, I bet they do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Cemetery yeah. Center Falls. Yeah. Well, Brenda has, they have a calendar, and it's it's better. So, boot. Well, so you say. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Ann, uh, where are you going off to? You got any face paint coming up this weekend? Oh, yes. Face painting at West Bridgewater Park Day on Sunday. Come on, see me. <laughs> okay, and I'll be on the uh, island, and I'll be thinking about you, I'm sure. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, Glad and uh, don't forget, you can, I wasn't you can, there. No. Yeah, yeah, you can you can see Ann and I at uh, Spectral Evidence on October twentieth at the Hawthorne Hotel. So along sure. with Kelly Spangler too. So that's going to be yes. fun. Absolutely. Yep. So until next week, I guess it's time to wrap it up. All right. Say good night. Thanks, God everybody. From goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties. Things that go bump in the night. Deliver us. Mm-hmm.